Game Changer, episode 35, Enhancing Millennial Performance at Work, featuring Aaron Terrett. Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. As you probably know, we are in the early years of a fundamental demographic shift. The millennial generation, which is even larger than the massive baby boom generation, now makes up a third of the workforce. As younger millennials continue to graduate from college, their powerful mix of values, communication style, and work perspective is driving a work culture revolution. Now, as you lead a team that's increasingly made up of millennials, understanding their motivators is essential to your success. This is a challenge that Aaron Terrett knows very well since his organization is made up almost entirely of millennials. Aaron is Director of Sales Operations for the Sales Center at O2E Brands, the parent company of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, WOW One Day Painting, You Move Me, and Shack Shine. What's the secret to his company's success? Well, I'll give you a hint. It's got a lot to do with gamification. Let's talk to Aaron and find out. Aaron Terrett, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jesse. Aaron, O2E operates four uniquely branded companies. Tell us the story behind O2E. Yeah, sure. Um, so about 27 years ago, a gentleman by the name of Brian Scudamore was uh, sitting in a driveway of McDonald's, I believe. Uh, I was about 18 years old and was in uh, university, and in front of him was a beat-up truck that was hauling um, junk or garbage away. And he sort of had this epiphany at this time that um, he would start a junk-hauling business but completely revolutionize the way it was being done with clean, uh, fancy trucks and uniform drivers with on-time upfront pricing and, and sort of started a company called one Hunter got junk dropped out of university at the age of 18, and 27 years later has a uh, you know, $250 million company with four different brands. One of the key principles that he sort of built this company around was it's all about people. You know, he talks about that what we can achieve together is greater than any one person could do alone. And um, one of the things that really sort of drove me to, to be a part of this organization is that philosophy and then being able to live it every day. Um, that's sort of how we O2E has started. We have the four brands, as, as you mentioned, Wayne Herner Got Junk, You Move Me, Wow One Day Painting, and our newest uh, offering is, uh, is Shack Shine. So um, it's been a, a great organization to be a part of and excited to see what we do in the future. So this is primarily a franchise business. Can you tell us what makes it a little bit different, though? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we are a franchise business, so all of our four brands, um, we do have uh, franchises that are that are involved in, in our operation. The one thing that is unique, I believe, to O2E is as we look at our franchisees as, as franchise partners, um, and that's something that really stands out when you look at the way our operations are run. These are people that we bring into our operations to help us grow um, something bigger than we could do uh, on our own, and, and people come in and they have um, great say in the way the organization is led and run and our systems and our processes. They're not just people who are buying a small part of a business. These are people that are fundamental to the foundations of our organization. Um, and these are people that we like to call entrepreneurs. They are people that are uh, in a stage of their career where they're looking to do their own business. And they understand that, that our systems and what we have built over the last 27 years and their buy-in and our buy-in can create something for themselves that um, they could that they wouldn't be able to achieve alone, and uh, I think that really sets us out and is, is very unique to O2E Brands. Hmm. And how many corporate employees do you have? Uh, we have about 300 at this time, um, sitting in two offices, one in our, our main corporate office here in Vancouver, and then we have another in Toronto um, that uh, that houses um, mostly part of our, our, our call center, our sales center. So we have two sales centers, one in Toronto and one in Vancouver, and the majority of our, our corporate offices here in Vancouver. So among the, the corporate employees, they're almost all millennials. Uh, why, why do you hire so many millennials at O2E? Yeah, I think, you know, I think what uh, the sort of the culture that we have here at the organization um, really uh, attracts and, and drives smart, um, and I hate to use the term young minds, <laughs> but, uh, you know, people that are really driven and achieving something. And I think millennials um, sometimes get a bad rap and and what they're looking for you know they're really looking for something for a way to be heard and, and to be respected and that their opinions matter and they are driving something greater um, and I think that our culture and what we stand for um, really speaks to that um, I think the way we sort of position ourselves um, in the business community and, and what we're looking for um, really speaks to um, what um, what the Millennials are after now, well, every individual is unique, but every generation displays key distinctions in terms of motivations and preferences and behaviors. How would you describe the profile of the millennial at work? Yeah, I, I think you sort of hit it on the head there where everyone is different. But I think that the millennials grow up, you know, if I think back when, when I was a kid, if if one of my friends wanted to contact me and, um, you know, if I wanted to be into communication, they had to call the house phone or had to wait till we meet up face-to-face. -face. Um, you know, in this day and age of technology and, and smartphones, there's constant communication. There's constant gratification. They, there's constant uh, information at everybody's fingertips. And when you're a millennial or, or not, that is the day and age we're used to. And I think driving engagement and um, driving performance and, and getting the most out of people, we have to constantly remember that that's the environment that we live in. Um, so when we look at doing unique things to either drive certain behavior or drive rewards, um, we have to think about how can we engage people in that manner that they're used to. Um, and uh, I think we've tried to do some things that are very unique. Um, I also think that we've learned from great people who have um, done lots of research on, on certain ideas, so I don't think that we're 
um, uh, you know, reinventing any wheels, but I think that we have to understand uh, the uniqueness of what today's environment is and use that to our advantage. Yeah, so, so let's start by looking at what you've done that's unique. Tell us about one of your successes. Sure. Yeah. So we, um, if we look specifically within our sort of what we call our sales center or our call center, um, you know, we've got upwards, depending on seasonality, upwards of 250, 300 um, sort of millennials or agents that are working at any one given time. And to be able to drive uh, constant behavior, you have to think of these people taking 80 to 100 phone calls a day, um, constantly delivering the same message uh, day after day after day, and really the, the front line of, of looking after our, our customers and you know the, the, what's the most important thing for us and um, really delivering not, on, not only our message of um, what we're trying to quote-unquote Sell, but delivering our message of how we're unique, how we're different, how we really want to look after people and, and sort of change the industry that we're working in. These people are doing this day in and day out. So what we've need to, needed to do is understand how we can drive that behavior, how we can drive that engagement. And that's using sort of what we call this term that's coined gamification. Um, and that's, that's using games type um, uh, sort of um, environments in a non-game setting. Uh, so that, that what we've sort of done is we've created contests and games around different KPIs within the sales center, team environment, soul environment, so that they can start to achieve, whether it be point system to gain um, rewards like an iPhone or um, gift cards and things like that to messaging in uh, TV screens and reader boards that constantly deliver where they're standing in, in certain environments. And uh, we constantly try to change that message up. We try and keep it unique. Uh, we use our workforce management team to sort of drive some of these contests. Um, and we really see that certain behavior that we want to drive in certain areas are really affected by how we can change up some of these contests to drive, to drive those requirements. So the 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 keyword i've heard a lot in in terms of the type of gamification that you're describing is is, is competition um that drives a lot of the motivation here and i guess i'm wondering is that there's something unique about uh, call center employees that where competition is a particular motivator or um do you have a a mix a diverse mix of people so that similar to other cross sections of uh, society where there, there are certain people that aren't really motivated about com- by competition, and I'm wondering how that is affected. Yeah, I think I think that anyone that um, goes into sort of a sales environment, there is a type of individual that is driven by uh, by competition. You know, if I think about uh, salespeople that I've led in the past, whether that's in an inside sales environment, outside B two B, whatever that might be, um, there's a uniqueness to that sort of characteristic that drives them into that environment. Um, you know, many of them come from a sports type background. You know, male or female, it's it's the, it's the same. Um, it's the same sort of environment, and they're driven by competition. They're driven by rank. They're driven by achieving something, something greater. Um, so I think that, that from a sales center or call center perspective, that's a that's um, a lot of what they're drive what they what they're driven by. Um, but also, it doesn't necessarily need to be competition just on conversion or um, you know certain sales metrics. It can be uh, customer experience. It can be different types of environment about how 
how they are achieving um, you know, success in their job uh, and different levels of KPI that um, they can really attach themselves to um, so that they can, you know, see success and see achievement. And I think that's the key is whatever it is that they view success to be, um, that they can see that they're achieving it. They can see they're getting rewards to it. They're working from one period uh, up to another. You, know, you talked about the, the term gamification. And, yes, it can be used in many different areas. Um, it's a sort of a key term or a coin term right now. But if we think back to some really um, sort of early fundamental gamification that was very successful, you can look at things like McDonald's Monopoly or what we have here in Canada is um, Tim Horton's Roll Up the, the Rim, which is a coffee cup where you can win a prize every time you roll it up. That's gamification at pure level. Those are organizations that have used it uh, consumer-facing to increase sales and revenue and been very successful. Other organizations like ourselves use it internally, whether that's through for recruiting purposes, training purposes, sales purposes, where you're you're using rewards to um, drive certain behaviors. Hmm. And how have you found it uh, uniquely helpful when dealing with a millennial workforce? Yeah, I think it really ties back to that um, sort of. Uh, instant communication, instant gratification of, of something being done. Um, which we use technology, which they're very used to in their hand. Um, we use messaging that is visual, which um, you know I find that millennials—not all of them—but you know millennials are we're, we're seeing working in a sales environment um, are very susceptible to. Um, you know, it's it's sort of that constant tactile information that's at their fingertips to, to know this is what's expected of me, this is how I succeed, and this is how I'm doing. Um, and it's constant. So it's, it's constant engagement. It's constant communication. Um, and it, it just enables them to see the bigger picture and drive towards it and understand exactly what they're, what's expected of them. Hmm. Um, how, what are some other... So you talked a little bit about how it's... Uh, the, some of the, the things that you're doing gamification-wise with the call center. What, what are some other things that you've been doing? Yeah, I think if we think of it from a training perspective um, as well, um, you know, I think gamification type um, techniques uh, can be very, very um, sort of useful. You know, if you think of the way a game works, if you were to dive into a game um, towards the end or say on level eight, the game would be extremely difficult and you would probably get very frustrated and you would put the game down if you're thinking in a, in sort of in a video game model and you would think that's that's a ridiculous game and we're playing that again but if you started <laughs> on very level one and you sort of create your character and you you learned all the attributes of your character and the game was a little bit easier and um, and then you sort of developed your character as you went along um, you would be, you'd have buy into the character you'd have buy into the way the game was working and then by the time you got to level eight you'd use it a lot um, and you'd understand exactly what um, sort of what success was like and, and, and how to navigate the game. We use the same sort of thinking or environment and training um, or the same sort of model where you, you learn the basics, you, you, you get the fundamentals of how to build this, you get some rewards as you're going along the way, you might get some badges and et cetera as you achieve certain levels in training um, and then you sort of move forward onto you know, this developed agent or, or salesperson and by the time you get to the systems, 
um, you fully understand, and by the time you get to your to the customer, what you thought was very difficult in the beginning, because you've used it in different stages and steps, um, and you've done things that we call incubation and and um, different different sort of steps in our training program. By the time you talk to a customer, you're very comfortable with what you're doing. You understand fully what ex- what's expected of you, and you can be successful. So it's nothing different or, or, or unique, but we're using the same types of models of what we call gamification uh, throughout our training process. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's cool that uh, when they go by the time that they that they sort of ramp up that way and uh, feel pretty comfortable by the time they're talking to a customer. Yeah, for us, we, we want the same experience whether you're talking to somebody who's been with us for six weeks or six years. Um, a customer shouldn't be involved in our back a back end process. That they should be uh, felt like they've been you know fully looked after no matter who they're speaking to. Tell us about uh, recruiting. You, you've mentioned that a little bit too. How, what, what are you guys doing in that area? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that um, you know, for us, with when well, we do have some seasonality in our business, and, and we've got a workforce that um, is very younger in the career. Um, you know, as I said, you're, you are taking eighty to hundred calls a day. Uh, there's an aspect of requiring a lot of hiring throughout the year. You know, we we can hire up to one hundred and fifty, two hundred people a year, just in our in our sales center alone. So we need to use different types of tools and recruiting to be able to speak to those people, put them through a process where they understand us and our organization, um, uh, find u- unique ways to, to reach out to millennials, um, whether that's through sort of a LinkedIn process or whether that's through um, different recruitment firms, but using different tools um, of engagement so that we can we can really put out who we are and what we stand for. So, um, you know, when somebody's coming in to interview with us or talk to us from the first time, um, you know, they, they're fully engaged with what we're doing, what we're trying to achieve, and, and they really see themselves as a part of, of wanting to be a part of an organization like ourselves. So one of the interesting things there is historically – I would have jumped on you and said, wow, that's like really high turnover. There must be something wrong. Um, of course, the, a call center environment is is a bit different. But also, the it is one of the attributes of the millennial generation that um, that they, they tend to not, uh, long tenure is not something they currently value. And uh, it's, it's actually been good for them to be uh, changing and uh, checking out different, going to different organizations. What's, what's your experience? Experience there. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it is driven by um, by turnover. A lot of it's driven by the growth of the organization. You know, if I think of uh, when I started with the company about a year and a half ago, we probably had about 110 agents. We'll have about 300 this year, just based on the growth and how big the company's getting, the, the, the amount of call volume that uh, exponentially is increasing throughout the years. So some of it's just the, the demand of the business. But I think you touched on something um, there. I think we have a great structure um, and development process within our company that enables people to start their early careers in our environment, understand what business is about, understand um, achievement, understand hard work, understand what it takes to be successful in a uh, in a sales environment, but you're not going to want to take 80 to 100 calls a day for for 20 years. Maybe you do, and and, and we do have some people like that. But um, you know, for most part, it's your first stepping stone into your career. If we can teach them those values, and, and then they can uh, embrace them and and learn what it's like to be successful, they might go on to be one of our franchise partners. They might go on to another organization. Or what we see many many times is they actually work up throughout our organization, and they go into different departments, whether that's marketing or customer experience or the people department. Um, so. 
although we need to find a lot more people in our sales center, we do have a great development path throughout our organization that enables millennials or, or young people to uh, to develop their careers and, and grow and uh, hopefully stay with us, but also, um, you know, uh, if it's moving on to other other companies for, for great opportunities, then um, absolutely empower that also. Hmm. So for a, a candidate that's checking out your company, um, can you give us an example for what that experience is like for them and, and what sort, how has this sort of gamification come into play? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know some of this would fall um, sort of directly with the with the people department, and and um, you know they um, they have different sort of tools that they use. As I said, we need to have if we if we think of a candidate funnel, we need a lot of people at the very top of the funnel so that we can get um, the type of individual that we're looking for. If we're looking for you know 150, as I said, sort of people a year, so we have to get creative in the way that our messaging is, um, and whether that is um, you know the way that our job ads or the type of vehicles that we're using um, when they're coming in through the process, that first sort of phone call of the warm introduction, and they come to see us, and then we might have sort of a joint little panel discussion with them, um, and then they, you know, in essence would have be rewarded as they continue to go throughout the process and, and constant engagement. We do things like a PI um, uh, sort of um, study which enables them to uh, us to understand and them to understand um, exactly how they like to work and how they like to be led so we do that all that stuff throughout the process um, keeps them engaged throughout it so it's it's constant communication and they don't just get they're not just a number that gets dropped off um, so I think that's really important the engagement through it and whether it's rewards as in just contact and, and being able to be sent stuff or uh, coming in and seeing the environment sitting with our agents um, the rewards don't have to be uh, monetary. They don't have to be tactile. But um, rewards can be keeping engaged through a system and through a process that, that and eventually leads them to become one of our agents. Yeah, it's interesting from that you, you basically have looked at the entire process almost as a game or even as a video game and, and said, where can we, one, make this sort of fun? And your your branding, your, your talent branding certainly does that. It, it creates a, a cult, an idea of the culture that this is going to be a fun place to work. And you're, you're building in lots of the instant feedback. So uh, I like we mentioned the PI exercise. Uh, I can see how that would be quite different than you'd see at a lot of... Um, and a lot, from a lot of application processes. So you're, you immediately get some feedback of this is how the company is seeing me so far and this is how I might fit. And, uh, and so it's some, some sort of instant gratification as, as you're taking that next step. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important um, through any process like that, that it is that right fit. You know, it's um, they need to fully understand exactly where they'll be in, in our process and our success um, before they, they sign on and say, yeah, this is something I want to drive towards. You know, we want to we create an engaged uh, team member, um, you know, right from the beginning, somebody who really sees, yes, I see where they're going. Um, I might only want to be a part of it for a short period of time and then move on to other areas of my career. But I see that you know, my um, area in this company is extremely important. I know exactly what that's expected of me, and I can see where success is, and I understand where success is, and they're going to let me know where success is. And um, we start that from day one of, of application all the way uh, throughout the career. 
So tell us about some of the specific gamification tools that you use. One thing that's a little different is uh, that you you actually built most of these uh, yourself, that these aren't just sort of products that you or platforms that you've purchased and put in place. Yeah, and, and there's many out there, and, and absolutely. And we have looked at those. You know, we have looked at different types of products um, that companies have built to sort of um, um, take advantage of gamification. And, and there's many out there, and there's some great ones. Um, what we've used is we've sort of used our sales center operations team, our workforce management team, sort of build some of the, the fundamentals of these contests and there's not there's not massive amounts of technology that goes behind it as I mentioned earlier we put some reader boards in some TV screens and, and some messaging that's that's constant um, you know some of these things are um, you know one of our workforce management the leaders of workforce management is is great with Photoshop and he creates these these fantastic like cartoons and um, different types of messagings for our contests so a lot of the stuff that, that we've done we've built in-house um, a lot of the contests we've done, a lot of the team-based incentives, um, outings, you know, whatever that might be, um, we've done a lot of that you know, sort of ourselves. Um, there could be a time where we look for help with other partners um, as well as we continue to grow this and continue to learn and continue to develop throughout the organization. But currently, we've built a lot of these um, in-house and, and sort of learned from, from other companies and other organizations are doing the same thing and taking some of those fundamentals and principles and uh, adapt them to what works best for O2E. Hmm. I wonder if you're um, able to share... Uh, a couple examples of the reader boards or the cartoons, the, the, those type of things, so people get an idea of the visuals that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to be able to do that for you. Yeah, I bet you. I think people would, would really uh, find that helpful. Yeah, you bet. So one thing, I guess, that's sort of common to hear older generations complain about the millennial work ethic. Um, how would you describe their work ethic as somebody who manages such a large number of, of millennials? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, as I said earlier, I think that sort of there is a bad rap um, with that. Um, you know, I think there's work ethic challenges throughout any uh, generation, depending on um, you know the type of individual. Um, there's, from what I can see, there's no nothing more unique for the, the millennials and say the Gen X, and and it's really. Um, they are very driven. You know, they're, they're very driven to succeed. The difference is, is the way they like to be communicated with is, is what I see. The way they like to completely understand what does success look, for me, look like for me, how do I get there, and, and how do I know when I've achieved it? Um, because they, you know, um, and they, uh, what I see is they have no, uh, no challenges or no issues with uh, walking into, say, the president's office and have a conversation about the way they see the organization can be better, um, as they would one of their peers. And I think that's a lot of their change, um, because they're just used to communicating. It's instant communication with with whoever it is, and um, I think that's what the way organizations are better. I think that's how organizations grow, where everyone is, is providing feedback. Everyone wants the company to succeed. Everyone knows that their voice is important um, rather than um, you know a single person or a chain of information that needs to get to the top. Um, you know, I really think that it's just all of us driving toward the same thing, whether you're a sales center agent um, or whether you're the vice president of sales. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter. We're all on the same bus and we're all driving towards the same goal. That's great. As I said earlier, 
earlier, I don't think we've really reinvented the wheel. We're just using the principles and trying to create them to the organization and, and give that that feedback and and uh, and a recognition of success. And um, you know, people call it gamification, and, and we just call it sort of um, you know sort of the leadership of our people. And um, yeah, there's nothing really that stands out that's overly unique. I just I, I really think that it's it's the way that sort of that millennial uh, workforce likes to be led and driven. Yeah. Aaron, where can folks find out more about O2E Brands and some of the opportunities there? Yeah, you can check us out at our website, which is www.o2ebrands.com. Our probably most um, high-profile company is 1-800-GUT-JUNK, as it's been around the longest. So you can always check us out also at www.1800gutjunk.com, LinkedIn, um, or Twitter, or Facebook as well. Terrific. Well, Aaron Terrett, Director of Sales Operations at O2E Brands. It's been great having you on Game Changer. Great. Thanks, Jesse. Really appreciate it. All right, Game Changers. We talked about a number of gamification tactics that O2E uses, including contests, prizes, and instant and visually engaging public recognition for call center employees, as well as new hire training that includes interactive video game structures. We also talked about how O2E has incorporated gamification principles into their recruiting and career advancement processes. I love how Aaron boiled it all down to the principles of frequent feedback, recognition of success, and instant communication. He said, some people call it gamification, we call it leadership of our people. It's the way the millennial workforce likes to be led. Very cool. Well, we'll provide the links that Aaron mentioned, as well as the visual examples, once he sends them on to us, on our show notes for this episode, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash GC35, as in Game Changer Episode 35. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music. 